You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 313. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 313. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, pot people. Potians, what's up? What's happening, people? We are coming at you with a brand new, well, I guess I can't even say it. it's not a brand new podcast topic, but it's something that we have not done in quite a few years. Mm. And it's something that people ask, bring up and ask me about whether it's in our after hours Facebook group or in my classes or things like that. And it's this idea of how can I manifest really awesome friendships? Oh, yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Four easy steps to manifesting dope-ass friendships. Four easy steps. I like it. Now, the steps are easy. How easy are they? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're very easy. The The steps, I, I guess I should say this. The steps are very simple and easy to understand, but they all take significant effort. Hard to implement. Just like anything else that we talk about, if you absorb this information and you just go, oh, okay, cool, that's an amazing idea, but then you don't actually do any of the things that I'm instructing you to do, then you're not going to be making any change. In fact, when when I went to coaching school, they would often say, keep doing what you're doing and you'll get more of the same. That's true. So if you're out there thinking, gosh, I just, I feel like I've outgrown some of my friendships. They don't feel like they're as rewarding or fulfilling as they used to be. I would really like to attract more like-minded individuals into my world. And then you still go and hang out with your friends from high school that just want to party or you still tolerate being treated like shit from maybe your childhood bestie that you've outgrown. Then you are not implementing the steps that you need to implement in order to move on yeah. and and to create what you actually want in your life. So I want you, as we go through this today, to really think concretely about what it is that you're desiring and then how committed are you to actually doing something about it. So we have lots in store for you. And by we, Ooh. I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a little something up my sleeve. Oh, you do? Why don't yeah, Why don't we yeah. shove the mics over to you for a yeah, second? I got a little segment I like to call. Would you rather? So, see, I got I got something to input. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's so hard to find good help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's would you rather is would you rather. Have a free house. Oh. Free and clear. Nice. Or free travel. For for how long? Well, uh, let's see. A mortgage is 30 years, so let's go with 30 years. A typical mortgage is 30 years. 30 years of free travel? Yeah. Or a free house. 
Oh my! It's it's kind of like six of one, half dozen it's of the a other. Win-win. It's it's definitely Everybody's a win. Everybody's been asking me for a win-win, so here it is. Here it, here's the win-win. Here's your win-win. I think. Gosh, I'm just trying to think with our new mortgage and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, do we? Right. Ah, I don't know. What would you pick? I'm trying to make the best fiscal responsible, <laughs> <laughs> fiscally responsible answer. Well, I think. For me personally, buying a house is, I mean, you put it into your bills, right? It just becomes part of your daily financial life. Right, right. But travel is one of those things that you have to save up for and you put away and you have to plan it. I think That's if, true. if I had free travel, I would be planning that a lot sooner. Like, I'd, right. I'd, I'd be traveling a lot more. So I think and I'd we'd go be with like taking the time off. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would go. With but the travel. flip side of that, like it's it's a little different with my business versus your business. As in, you know, you if you're not there, you don't make money. Yeah. And mine's a little different in that regard. Sure. So, but then I think for you, taking the time off would be challenging. So wouldn't it be so nice to have all that money instead of our mortgage? It's, I it's, don't know. It's six one and half dozen of the other. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with you too, just for the sheer planning aspect of it. That when you have your mortgage set and you just do that every single month, it's mm-hmm. no big deal. But saving for the travel, that's always the harder. It's part. a little bit more cumbersome. Yeah. Right. So okay, what do you guys think? Yeah, we we would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about it every week over in our Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Community After Hours Club. Actually, you're supposed to go after hours. After. <laughs> I was just thinking of all the loopholes that are there with that. <laughs> Is that that's where your head was? You were thinking it's like, about- oh well, I'm just going to get the most expensive house on the planet. Then you know, like, oh I, well, I, that's true. You know, I was just thinking of all the loopholes that I did not close up. You did not close up because that's – but but you could do the same thing of travel. You could be like, well, I'm going to go on this European tour and yeah. I'm going to stay at all five diamond hotels. That's or true. So you could do it both ways. That's true. All right. So people just keep it in your means. Just fucking keep it in the pocket yeah, and calm your ass down. Don't be crazy. So it, this is hilarious. So over in the After Hours Club, Mr. Smith chimes in on, on Monday. <laughs> Good, good job. And he makes sure that nobody is trying to abuse them or saying, I can't choose. He's like, then don't comment. Get out of here. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so it's it's really fun. But it's a, a really positive, beautiful, supportive group. And I do additional bonus trainings every Thursday where I sound off on anything that's come up as far as questions from, from the group. And so you can get really pointed, specific advice if you're up against something like, oh, my gosh, my brother-in-law's driving me crazy. I don't know what to say. Here's my situation. Or if you've been listening to the pod and you go, oh, yeah, somebody just did this the other day. They said like, oh, I, you know, I really loved what you said about this. What about if I'm in a situation like fill in the blank Mm -hmm. and it was really specific to her scenario? So we would love to have you. It's extremely easy. All you do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to Facebook. And you can come hang out. And I run a tight ship, too. So if you're ever worried about people selling shit to you and all of that, like, none of that goes down. It's all about personal development. So come join us. All right. So let's talk about friendship, shall we? Let's talk about friendship. This is something. Should we hold hands while we do it? No. No? Okay. It'll mess up the acoustic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor. 
Yeah. Let's hold hands. Yeah, let's have a proverbial holding hands. Okay. Okay. First thing that I wanted to say is that this is really, really common. I see it a lot in women in their 30s and 40s, where what you have accumulated as far as friendships starts to falter a little bit. So in our youth, we have built-in friendship sources, right? We are going to school, we're involved in sports or drama or clubs or things like that, and or even our church environment, where you have sort of these built-in epicenters where you can find friendships. And especially if you have a collegiate experience, a lot of times you will meet your, you know, quote, lifelong friends while you're in college. Well, think back to who you were in your 20s. Are you that same person now? Are you really still interested in in partying like crazy? Or if it was my situation, I felt like I had to prove everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. I I was over the top with it. And now somebody like that who maybe hadn't grown or hadn't developed, that would be a really hard relationship for me to stay in. So a lot of times what we do is we have these historical relationships where maybe we saw somebody through their divorce or maybe we've been friends since high school or we were in the same sorority or fraternity mm-hmm. and we have all this tenure of years and years and years, but we've gotten to this place. Maybe some of you decided to have kids, the others didn't, and there's this divide about the direction of the business. I think many of us have that that friend who's kind of the classic single who's still always partying. And (laughs) I know you have one. So that is very, very common because of the various life stages for you to get in your 30s and 40s and go, wait a minute, I don't feel super intensely connected to anybody right now. And I don't feel like people are on the same path of of where I'm at or really get me. In fact, in After Hours, we've been talking about that on – the Thursday Q and Slay and how like do when do I know when I need to actually end this friendship or not? And if you're in that sort of a situation, I'm going to put a link in the show notes page about the great friendship breakup. And that was a podcast that I did specifically about severing ties with somebody when you know that you've kind of outgrown that friendship. So let's back up a little bit. I want to just, my whole reason in bringing that up is I want you to feel very normal if you've gotten to that place. (laughs) And I got to that place uh, quite a few years ago, probably, probably about 30, 30 years ago. (laughs) I was thinking, (laughs) I was thinking right when I got about 30. It was my late 20s. I was 10 years old. I was 10 years old and super evolved and no I got to this place in my late 20s early 30s where I had kind of looked around and the friendship group that I had at the time was a part of sort of the makeup artistry industry that I was a part of and they were partying a lot and getting involved in like coke and different types of drugs and I was not about that scene and I was also starting to ease my way into personal development. And a lot of the things that were so all-consuming in that group of friends, which was 
all the latest handbags and shoe brands and fashion and appearances. And it was an extremely affluent area of uh, California in the Newport Beach area. And so it just felt like a lot of putting on airs and then also this issue of doing drugs. And I just felt wildly uncomfortable. I'm like, I want to talk about things other than the latest handbag and if there's going to be Coke at the party. <laughs> and I also hit this place where I had a really close best friend at the time. And I had Mr. Smith. And those were, and even in that, that best friendship that I had, I still felt like the coach. I felt like the one who always had the sage wisdom. I felt like I was the one that people would turn to, but I didn't feel like I had a bunch of people who were at the place where I was at spiritually and emotionally who would really call me on my shit and say, here's what I'm seeing as a problem in your life, or here's a recurring thing that I hear you saying a lot, and it might be something for you to look into or whatever. That was the seed that planted this business. It really was. It was one of the biggest Mm -hmm. uh, changes in direction for me. And one of that, one of the elements of changing from a very superficial career of makeup artistry into one that is very non-superficial, like personal development, I saw a very stark contrast very quickly. And I I did a podcast not too long ago about when self-help goes wrong, which mm-hmm. I'm going to link to that as well, because there's definitely this phase where you because you've grown and developed a lot, and this is one of the things we were talking about in After Hours, was that you can tend to look down on other people and like, oh, you know, you're not where I am. Mm-hmm. And you get hypercritical. So what I want everybody to understand here is that there are a lot of right answers. And it's probably something that's going to evolve over time. But what you really want to focus on right now is deciding what you want. So that's number one, the declaration. And this is the idea of putting your order in with the universe. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get out on paper, and this is totally non-negotiable. It has to be tactile. We have to tap into that idiomotor response of using our hand, writing things out. You can type it out as well. But I want you to decide exactly what you want in a friendship and de- and write out the characteristics. I want them to be kind. I want them to be compassionate. I want them to be generous. Here are the things that we would both have in common. We both really like girly stuff, but then we also really like to veg out and have pizza. And, you know, what are the things we have in common? We're, we're both liberals or we are agnostic or we're Buddhist or we're whatever. What are the things that really matter a lot to you that you would absolutely love to have in a friendship? Now, this doesn't mean that you're going to be like, oh, no, you're not Buddhist, so we can't be friends. It doesn't mean that. We're just saying, hey, universe, if you've got this, here here are the things that I'm up for. Because what happens when you are really crystal clear about what you want to manifest, you start noticing around every corner, if anyone's interested in that, you'll notice if you're at Starbucks and there is, you know how they have like open mic night over here Mm -hmm. or they have like if you need a dog sitter and they have like their little cork board of things yeah if there's a buddhist get together or you know a soup kitchen situation or something like that that you've already put on your your list here you are going to see that you are going to notice that so the more that you can be upfront about what your ideal friendship would look like the better now i also want you to be clear in this journaling 
about who you intend to be in the friendship. Because a lot of times I think Hmm. we go, here's what I want in a soulmate. Here's what I want in a friendship. Here's what I want in a job. But we don't think about who do I intend to be in this job? What sort of friend do I intend to be? How do I uh, anticipate showing up? So one of the mantras that I operate under is this idea of be the person you want to attract. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something to that for sure. And by the way, I'm going to link to this as well. The Soulmate podcast I've done also specifically similar similar to this idea of manifesting a friendship, but it's through the lens of a soulmate, an intimate partnership. So I'll link to that as well if you're going, yeah, I'd like friendships, but I'd really like a partner even more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. get get that's laser focused one. on one because that's going to be super helpful. All right. So number one, it's the declaration, putting it in your order, getting really clear about what it is that you're looking for. If you want to bolster this or amplify this in any way, you can do vision boards or storyboards. You can reread this every single day if you are hell-bent on creating friendships. It's really about just getting inundated, having it in a place where you see it. You can carry it with you. Totally your call. Depends how much the, how important this is for you to, to manifest. Second step, declutter. This is where I want you to take a really clear, solid, honest inventory of where and with whom you spend your time. You might want to look back over your calendar and just see, like, what sort of events have I been going to lately? Mm. Or, you know, do I spend all my time volunteering at school with for my kid's class and I'm with a bunch of moms who I don't relate to at all? You might want to rethink about that taking up so much of your time. Mm-hmm. So look at, at this inventory. Now, there's a really awesome <sighs> – I guess it's sort of a metaphor or an analogy that Stephen Covey came up with around your life as a bank account. And it's this idea that the most optimal situation, whether it's intimate partnerships or friendships, is that we want to be in relationship with people where we are constantly depositing into each other's bank account of life where I'm depositing into yours, you're depositing into mine. And if there's any type of withdrawal, it's no big deal because we're always constantly depositing. Right. And then there are situations where we have that one person in our life who is constantly withdrawing. They are only taking. They And they can take in tons of different ways. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's every time you speak to them, they are only talking about themselves and they never ask you how you are. It could be where they're emotionally not available for you. I know you had that situation years ago with a friend who kind of only reached out when he needed something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I confronted him on it too. And then and, uh, never heard from him again. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, a really solid of, friendship there. Well, it, if if he really wanted a friendship, he would have done something to counterbalance that. Right. Right. You know, he said, you know what? I really value this friendship. I'm going to do something for you. Yep. But he just stopped. Or make an effort. Right. And I I recently had this conversation with my brother, and we've had, he is absolutely one of my very best friends, and we've had different ebbs and flows in our relationship as, as I like to say, as he got his shit together throughout his life. (laughs) (laughs) But admit to that. 
now, I think probably for the last, gosh, almost 10 years, it's been really pretty damn awesome. Yeah. And he has put in so much effort to always call me and always connect. And I was telling him recently, I recognize that there's sort of an imbalance that you are oftentimes the one reaching out. And I want you to know that I see that and I'm going to really consciously work on that. And we had a great conversation about it the other night, even where I said, here's what I think in my head. I always think if I, if I call, it's got to take like an hour or two hours. And I don't often feel like I have that, Mm -hmm. especially with the time zone difference. You know, when I have it, it's like 5am or for him. Sure. So we just hashed it out and he was like, okay, well, let's just know that you can call and get off the phone in two minutes. And And so we just were kind of like workshopping ideas on communication and videos to each other and things like that. But this is really important. It's about having that reciprocity in relationships. So I want you to look at situations. Now, there's going to be two, usually two variations. When you feel as though someone is always taking, 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 sometimes that's because they are genuinely a taker. And then sometimes it's because they have no idea it's a problem because you've never spoken up. Or sometimes it's just a time in their life when they don't have the capacity to give. That's true. Um, Like with a new baby mm -hmm, or going through mm -hmm. a divorce. Yeah. That's true. But I think a lot of times when we feel hurt and when we feel taken advantage of, and I see this a lot with – chronic people pleasers is they feel victimized. Like Mm. this person is just takes from me, takes, 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 takes. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's shitty. And how have you advocated for yourself? Right. Have you actually said, Hey, that really bums me out when, when we get on the phone and you just lay into all the things going on with you. I'd really love for you to ask me how I am. Yeah. You can't be silent about the things that bother you and expect the other person to be a mind reader. This goes for relationships or intimate partnerships as well. All right. So decluttering, you're going to take that inventory. Who is it is really genuinely contributing to your life? Who are the people who are constantly withdrawing? And then when are you giving out fucking ATMs willy nilly? Here's my ATM card here. Write a check. I don't care. Take from me. Take from me. Take from me. And look at. What have you been an advocate for? And, you know, there have been situations that we've had where we've really spoken up with family or friendships and they didn't like it. And it was kind of like, okay, well, that gives me a real strong picture of how reciprocal this is or how collaborative this is, especially if we're at peace with how we showed up. That's a huge element there. All right. So the idea with decluttering, it's you don't necessarily have to have all of these sit down, come to Jesus talks with people like I am breaking up with you. You don't have to do that. You can simply just decline invites. And that's exactly what I did with that grouping of friends. I knew that I wanted to distance myself. So I just kept becoming less and less available. And it sort of fizzled out. Now, if I would have been approached about it, I would have been honest. And I would have said, to be really candid with you, I feel like much of the conversation that we have is geared towards this, that, blah, 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 the Coke stuff bothers me, whatever. I would have been really candid about it. But they weren't necessarily friendships that I felt were so rich that I wanted to fight for them in that way. So that's another place that you need to decipher. Is this a friendship where I would really want 
if the if it was ending, I would really want the other person to tell me what's up. Or yeah. would you be like, it's fine if it fizzles out? Yeah. It really varies. It really varies. It's all across the board. So be intentional about what you say yes to. If it is, you know, your sorority is getting together and you don't feel any connection to them at all. And you really would rather go bowling with some people at work than do that. Like be really conscious about what you're saying yes to. Or if you'd rather just be at home, stop saying yes to shit that is unfulfilling Mm -hmm. for you. And here's another thing I really want you to understand about the eliminating and the scaling down. It is just because you have history or tenure does not mean that this needs to be an obligation. Yeah. You know? That's true, for sure. We think, oh, well, we came up together. Mm -hmm. I hear it with family. Oh, but we're family. I don't give a fuck. To me, it all comes down to do we have a mutual respect for one another? Is this something that is a fulfilling connection for me? And I think at that point in my life, I got really clear that I didn't want to waste my time anymore. I felt like I was at functions where I would just kind of sit and, you know, have a drink or, and I wasn't really enthralled. I wasn't having rich conversation. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to waste my time. And I got really, really intentional. So Number one, declare, decide really crystal clearly, here's what I want in a friendship, and here's the person I intend to be in that friendship. Declutter, take an inventory, look at who is contributing in your life, and maybe who might be able to contribute if you actually spoke up. That is a huge delineation there that you want to pay attention to. And please know that just because you have history or tenure does not mean that it's an obligation to stay in that relationship. And I will, uh, if you think that it's a situation where you need to have a sit down, have a listen to the great friendship breakup, because that one talks a little bit about navigating if you know you want to sever ties with this person. And I've I've had a couple of situations where, you know, I had a, a best friend actually who we ended up kind of parting ways because I just could not get on board with her new fiance. And I felt I just felt so strongly that he was derogatory and just incredibly negative towards her and the things she would write off as a as a joke to me were just absolutely not funny. And I could not support her through that. And then conversely, she could not stay in a friendship with somebody who didn't support her partner. Yeah. And in that scenario, the healthiest thing for us to do was to part ways. But what was really interesting is we didn't have a discussion like that. We had, I mean, we had a huge conversation about an incident that happened that was incredibly problematic to me. And we created sort of a game plan. Here's what we're going to do going forward. And, and so that was great. And then because of the situation that had happened, in my mind, what I said was, you know what, I feel like I'm the one who always makes the effort, who always plans the girls night, who plans the events. And I just thought with the way things have gone, I want to just see what would happen if I don't initiate. Mm -hmm. And that was my way of scaling down. I wasn't like, I'm going to cut you out altogether. I was just like, let me see what happens if I don't make an effort. Right. And nothing happened. happened. She didn't reach out at all. She didn't initiate at all. And I kind of went, okay, I think this might be a sign that it's time for our paths to to go different ways. Yep. All right. So 
we've got that under under lock. Now, number three is inspired action. This can be one of the most fun. I want you to make a list of all of the things that you could do to, quote, get out there that Mm -hmm. actually sound fun. Now, the key with inspired action is it has to be something that you would enjoy doing whether or not it uh, supplied you with a brand new friendship. So it's things like getting involved in activism, maybe Mm. volunteering for a campaign. And no matter what, whether you met really awesome new friends or not, you would still be fulfilled by virtue of what you were doing. It could be various clubs or teams or churches or organizations, Facebook groups. It can be even as simple as introducing yourself to new neighbors or employees that are in your business or in your work. Get involved in something you are passionate about. If you want to manifest these friendships and you're just going, here, universe, here's my order, and I'm just going to stay inside my house. (laughs) It's not Amazon, baby. The universe is, yeah, they can't, Amazon (laughs) drone is like dropping off your new bestie. (laughs) The universe is like, hmm, she must not really mean it because she's not doing a damn thing. To act like she does. Yeah. So here's here's what I did in that scenario many, many moons ago. It's probably a good 10 years ago. I decided, okay, what can I do? I introduced myself to some new neighbors that I mm-hmm. I thought were gonna maybe pan out. That didn't really go anywhere. I joined a gym that a bunch of people who I who at the time I was following a very specific type of workout and it was kind of like this cultish thing and there was a a summer camp like workout camp that I went to four years in a row and and I thought okay well a bunch of them locally go to the same gym maybe I'll join that and see if I make some friendships there. I went to a spiritual center that was by our house that was really really cool and and the there was two female reverends and i thought ooh maybe i can meet some people here that are really open spiritually none of those events really panned out as far as yielding a really amazing friendship but it did not matter because the energetic message to the universe was this girl's serious mm-hmm. she's willing to get into action let me go ahead and deliver some friendships to her. And so they came in forms that I would never have been able to calculate. One was a friend that I just got together with just earlier last month. And we were childhood friends, lost contact for many, many years. And then my mom ran into her at a fireworks event in, you know, like a 4th of July event years ago i mean it was probably a good you know 10 years ago now and we've been in each other's life ever since yeah and we just got together again so it was like this rekindling of something that we thought was completely dormant but that turn of events i could have never calculated the other was i went to assist at my coaching alma mater once you had gone through the original curriculum you could go back through it again yeah. And that's when I, as an assistant, and that's when I met my very best friend, Andrea, yeah. who many of you are familiar with. She also works in the personal development space. And we've been, you know, besties ever since. Now, my mindset when I went to assist, 
even though I was going to be around a bunch of like-minded people, it had not even registered to me that I might find a good friendship there because my perspective was 100% about career. Do I want to pursue coaching? I need to go back and assist these classes. I need to see if this is where I really want to go and go through my cert and all of that stuff. And then Andrea's dropped in my lap. You play the odds, right? You get out there into several different things. You never know which one is going to bring you somebody. And and not only that, but I I think if you just go with the idea of, oh, I'm going to go make a friend, you're missing the point. You're, you're completely attached to the outcome. Yes. And you're attached to the how. Like, okay, right. it ha- I have to see how the friend is coming mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. instead of just instead going. Instead of just making yourself yeah. available and getting out in the world and being a part of your community. You know, that that right there is the number one. Yes. That you have on here. It's, where you're making yourself the person that you want that's to right. find. That's right? right. That's right. It's the same thing. And it also doesn't have to be all these crazy extroverted things. If you have social anxiety, join a fucking social anxiety meetup group yeah. or join social anxiety Facebook groups. What's the what's the one the dull, you, the dull men's club? <laughs> the dull men's club. Yeah. If you're dull as fuck. If you're a dull ass man and you're a dude, join the dull men's club. <laughs> right. So I recently have gotten completely obsessed with this true crime comedy podcast called My Favorite Murder. That is pretty few you are into that one. And I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a hilarious uh, podcast that I love, but it's all around true crime. And they talk about all of these really egregious cases, but they do it through this lens of kind of hilarity and, and comedy because it's a way in which they can deal with the egregiousness without letting it be too heavy. Mm-hmm. And if you are a murderino out there, that is murderino. that's the term for people who are obsessed with it's true so crime. So murderino. I'm a murderino. But it's it's one of those things that that group, that following has become so bolstered because everyone has this unique, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you love murder too? <laughs> oh my God, I love murder too. And it's- I love murder. And it's one of those crazy things that it, people have shame around. Or So what I'm saying is, what are your things? Is it a political movement? Is it a religious movement? Movement? Is it something that you really like as far as physicality and sports and activism or being active with your body? Find those things that that you really care about. Find an introvert group, like an introvert <laughs> introverts who need friends group. You know, and there there are tons of ways for you to actually get in action. It could even be as simple as taking a class on something that you care about, like a creative writing class or pottery or music lessons. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this huge raging party. Yeah. If you're an introvert or if you have social anxiety, but you can't keep hiding behind that and you can't keep saying, oh, I can't make friends because of this. Because guess what? You're going to keep not making friends. Yeah. So if this is a desire of your heart and something that you want to manifest, you have to get into inspired action. And the other thing is to jump on opportunities. I used to be where almost anything that was presented to me, I had this automatic no. I just like, no, I don't want to do that. No, no. And I had to really challenge myself. Like, why? Mm. And what if you just started saying yes to things? What if you just, it didn't matter if you were perfectly quaffed. 
before you went. <laughs> what, you know, start saying yes to things, look for opportunities and initiate. For many of you out there, my guess is there is somebody in your life who you have said, we should get together soon. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's... Let's have lunch. Yeah. Yeah, the exactly. The LA phrase, right? Or who's that person that you've been meaning to connect with, but you've been spending all your time doing these obligatory events with so-and-so who you went to college with who you can't stand being around, <laughs> but you feel guilty about, about not being available there. So start asking yourself, who is it? Is it Jane in accounting who always seems amazing and she's always inviting me to coffee and I keep finding a reason to say no? Go say yes. It's always Karen. It's Karen in accounting. Is it Karen? Mm -hmm. Not all Karens. That's all Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, can I speak to the manager, please? Oh, my gosh. Karens want to speak to the manager. (laughs) So do Susans. Oh, yes. Susans, too. Not all Susans. Okay. So this is the podcast where we make blanket statements about everybody named Susan and Karen. <laughs> All right. So initiate. Look at look at your life. Look at anybody that you've been working with, anyone that you met, maybe at a conference or an event or a class that you thought, oh, yeah, we should get together. Text them. Call them. Send an email. Slide into their DMs. Do something to t- actually take the initiative. There was this amazing video that I posted on Facebook ages ago, years ago. And it was this this girl and she pulls up to a fast food window. The gal's like, can I take your order? You know, and she goes, hi, you helped me earlier. And I was just wondering if maybe you wanted to come over for a sleepover <laughs> for like a girl's night, like a sleepover. And the girl is like, uh, a sleepover? And she's like, yeah, just, you know, maybe hang out. And she goes, can you come up to the window, please? You know? And so, and I thought it was just so great because she said, you you complimented me on my hair earlier. And I just thought that was really nice. And I, I just thought, hey, maybe could we could be, be friends. Aww. All right. Now, if if I'm a good murderino and I'm making sure I don't get murdered, that's probably not the best thing to just have random sleepovers with somebody who initiates friendships. Random but sleepovers, I, probably not the best thing to keep you alive. Okay. But I did Noted. think that this was such a great example of putting yourself out there, of being vulnerable. Yeah. My best friend always jokes that I demanded her friendship. I just said, like, you, me, besties, <laughs> you know, and she'll still sign cards. Like, I'm so glad you demanded my friendship. But that's what I mean about really putting yourself out there about initiating. Do you have to be that ridiculous? Of course not. But even sending on a text, hey, I don't know if you remember me. We went to that accounting conference last weekend. Mm-hmm. I would love to grab coffee. Talk about the latest tax bill. Whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. I have an accountant friend and he's really funny and he goes, he said, um, what did he say? He said, you know, accountants aren't dull people. Or, or what did he say? We just like dull things. <laughs> we get excited about dull things. He's like, we're not dull people. We just get excited about dull things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that hilarious. That's awesome. All right. So we've got the first three. And then final step, and this is possibly one of the most challenging, is to receive, to practice receiving. Now, the deal is this is not just about 
it receiving the friendship because you might be thinking like, well, duh, Amy, if somebody is like, yeah, let's be friends, of course I'm going to receive it. No, no, no. I'm talking about receiving in all areas. I mean, when your boss wants to treat you to dinner, when your partner wants to uh, shower you with compliments, when you or just give you a shower or or yeah, or sexual things <laughs> like are you able to receive sexually from your partner? Mm. That is a major way that you're showing the universe like, hey, I'll take whatever you give me. I'm not going to say I want one thing and then repel it. Yeah. Okay. So learning how to practice receiving is huge. Compliments is a huge way to start. Yeah. If people give you compliments or tell you that that was an amazing job you did on that presentation or that that dress looks incredible on you and you go, oh gosh, no. Oh no, not this. Or, oh, I could have done so much better on that report. I could you, it's like somebody handing you a beautiful gift and you slamming it on the floor. It's an asshole move. And the universe is like, well, better not give her anything. She mm-hmm. won't accept it. So if you're saying, I want friendships, I want friendships, I want friendships, but then around every corner you're not receiving blessings, the universe is confused as fuck. Like you're you're saying one thing, you're putting out this energy here, but then over here you're showing me, no, 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 you're not going to receive it. Mm-hmm. So – Allow yourself to start saying yes. This was one of the things that that I started implementing. Start saying yes to the things that genuinely sound fun yeah. instead of shutting them down. Start saying yes. Like, and and this is something that I, I remember telling your aunt because we were like, we're gonna fly you out. You're gonna and she was like, No, you couldn't possibly have you spend my blah, 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 blah. and I said, Okay, here's what you need to say. You need to say wow, that makes me really uncomfortable, but I am practicing receiving, so I'm going to humbly and graciously say thank you. That is a great way to receive something. You can acknowledge that it's uncomfortable. You can say, oh, man, that that's so hard for me, but I'm practicing receiving, so I am just going to graciously and gratefully accept. Okay? Got it? There's the script. Perfect. <laughs> Start using it. That's awesome. Do not repel what you are requesting and look for areas in all of your it, areas in your life where you can practice receiving. The easiest one, I think, for most people is compliments, commendations, but then anything monetary. Can you receive things in a monetary medium? It Usually this is like, oh, let me grab your coffee or let me grab this dinner. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely be reciprocal and say, awesome, I will get you next time. Or thank you. I so appreciate that. Most of the time, if you're in a somewhat healthy relationship, that person just really wants to give you that gift. And unless you're in a situation where somebody is, you know, holding that over your head, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuinely when somebody wants to do something nice for you, your only job is to receive. Okay. Receive. That's it. All right. So let's do a quick recap. Four steps to manifesting dope ass friendships. First step declaration. Get it out on paper. Put in your order with the universe and decide exactly what you want and who you intend to be. Number two, declutter. Take an inventory of who is contributing in your life and decide if you need to speak up and ask for what you need or if you need to start eliminating and scaling down, declining those invites. Mm -hmm. Start saying yes to things that you really want to be a part of and nothing else. And then number three, inspired action. Make a list of all of the things that you can actually do that sound fun and get the fuck out there. Get out there, people. Get out there and initiate 
Think of those people who you've been meaning to connect with and initiate a conversation. And then finally, practice receiving. Say yes to those things that sound fun. Allow compliments. Allow gifts in your life. All right. Anything else you wanted to add in there, baby? Hmm. No. Okay. That's a no. <laughs> nah, nah, you don't. Nay. Nah, you don't. Alvin, do you have anything to add? Nah. <laughs> nah, I don't. Nothing, nothing at all. Nah. <laughs> nah, I don't. Nah, you don't. All right, guys. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. Do not forget to take pen to paper and actually do these assignments or else it's going to be just a lovely idea. And good luck with that. So (laughs) (laughs) it's a little tough love for you. Also, all of the additional resources will be posted in the show notes page as well as the link to my free workshop. If you have not heard about it, go to the show notes page completely free and it's the basically the five steps that I take all of my students through in order to get them to this place of genuinely feeling like they're enough. So if you haven't caught that, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop or it will also be in the show notes. And I think that's it. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Ms. Smith out. 